Welcome to Old Fashioned Finance, the podcast that mixes cocktails and high finance. I'm your host, Caleb Frankert, and I'm joined by my good friend and fellow money muddler, Jason Burnell. Caleb, can a podcast about finance be entertaining? Not without alcohol. All right, let's mix it up. (laughs) Yeah. Back to school. Back to school. To prove to dad that I'm not a fool. Oh, back to school. It's back to school day. It is back to school day. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, which is weird. My kids are like mostly homeschool because we're super weird, but that's the way it goes. My kids are... And my wife. Everyone's back to school. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, Did after, you celebrate? <laughs> after a whole summer of waking up and going, why am I awake? I know. Gosh, I, <laughs> I I have a rule in my house. Like August comes, I'm like, I'm not being quiet anymore. Everybody's up. I don't give a if crap. If dad's up, everybody's That's up. That's right. So <laughs> I'm making my breakfast and I'm leaving. And if I wake you up, I'm sorry. Well, Jason, when you think of back to school, what do you think of? <laughs> I think of fog delays. Oh yeah, that's a good. That's a good. And it's been foggy. It has. Yeah. That's how you know it's time to go back to it school. Is. Yeah. That's and we're drinking point. a drink today called the Fog Cutter. All right. How cool. Yeah, that makes sense. I now I'm like. Now do you see why I snuck this in? I do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All I could think of was like the strobe light on the buses that go in the country. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So I mean, a lot of our listeners may not be from like Ohio, the, Ohio land and the country, the tri-state area. Yeah, it's really, uh, it's pretty cool to see the fog like come out of the cornfields in the morning. Yeah, or like kind of creepy. It is kind of creepy, <laughs> and it pretty much the whole month of September it's foggy. Yeah, you know, it's it's funny because you think of like all the fog delays, and then some days they end up getting canceled for fog. Yeah. And then they have a free day and it's Basically, beautiful out. Yeah. You know, the teachers and they're already thinking, oh, no, oh, no, we're digging into our snow days. We don't <laughs> want to have to make this up, you know. But yeah, I remember a couple of years. I think there was a year not long ago that the first day of school was canceled because of fog. Yeah, that's messed up. <laughs> you know, like everyone's anticipating. I think that's cruel, actually. Yeah, actually. Yeah. And I'm not sure last year they might have opened with a two hour delay, which my wife is a teacher for teachers is craziness. Yeah. They don't, like, they don't like throw that. everything off. Exactly. And, <laughs> and I mean, you know, I think like my son, who's like a senior this year, that was emotional. And Jamie had her little guy here who was Starting his first pre-school. day of preschool. And he was yep. like, not having it. And you this know, this is the first day of my daughter's last year at her school. Yeah. They only go up to fifth grade. Yeah. That was a little emotional. I saw the the picture that came up on my my Amazon Fire Stick uh-huh. that, you know, uh five years ago and it showed her first day there. And then I got a picture of her today and it's like, oh boy. You're like, okay, Amazon, stop doing that. You're yeah. you're playing into my emotions, dang it. <laughs> <laughs> so here's two. Not a lot of fog delays yeah. and getting out of school on time I when summer rolls around. That's right. Jason, uh, we're also going to talk about finance today. Yeah. <laughs> so last week was maybe uh, a little bit academic. Could have been dry at times. Maybe we didn't have as much fun as we should have. I don't know. Man. Uh, I mean, I have fun with that. I mean, we're going to have fun <laughs> with this one, though. We're talking about this is tax talk. Yeah. Capital gains versus ordinary income. To be Welcome specific. to Tax Talk Radio. We're going to cut through the fog <laughs> when it comes to... Ta- I don't know. That does, was bad. Does your, does your tax situation seem foggy? <laughs> there you go. Boy, you've done this before. Oh, gosh. Well, let's get into Those the Those were all of Jason. our bad podcast ideas. <laughs> uh, we have good ones? <laughs> good right. point. Let's well, drink, man. Yeah, let's get into the <laughs> we fog We haven't even cutter. drank yet. So this one... Has a lot of stuff. Yes. So much that I didn't even write it on our, our big dry erase board here. Jason, the fog cutter. This is a 
actually, I don't think they like many Prohibition-ish era drinks. Yeah. They don't really know where it came from, but kind of came back into popularity in the 40s. I know we don't do a ton of history on these anymore, but there's a reason. I'll, I'll get into just a little bit about the, the 1940s and uh, where this kind of made a big comeback, mm-hmm. which was in an Oakland, California bar, Trader Vic's, oh. operated by Vic Bergeron. And, Related uh, to Tom Bergeron? Probably, I'm guessing. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, this cocktail is not for the faint of heart. And no. in fact, this this bar where they served this drink, where it made its comeback, there was a strict two-drink limit, and you're done. You're I done. get it. This cocktail is as simple as our tax code. Man, this is just the perfect oh cocktail Oh, my for goodness. This. There we are 48 co- cocktail <laughs> ingredients. This is very Long Island iced tea-ish. Uh, it, it is. There, so it's all liquor. Let's let's get into the, I guess the some, ingredients. There's some juice in there. There's right? some juice in there. Citrus. Yeah, yeah. this would be a, like a tiki drink. I think a it falls tiki. in that category. Okay. So we start with one and a half ounces of white rum. Okay, check. An ounce of cognac. Mm. A half an ounce of dry gin. Okay. Two ounces of lemon juice freshly squeezed. Oh, bummer. <laughs> <laughs> One ounce of orange juice freshly squeezed. A uh, half ounce of orgeat. That's oh, that syrup that we I'm, use for I'm my exci- time. I'm excited about that part. It's a good one. Uh, and then a half ounce of dry sherry. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and you're supposed to float that on top. Mix all the other stuff together. Float mm. that half ounce on top so it's pretty. And then you garnish it with a mint sprig. Jason, there's a lot of stuff in here. Yeah. Let's dig in. All right. Let's try it. Cheers. Didn't want to break the glass. Though. Exactly. It's a tall glass. We're not used to it. Huh. Hmm. What is that? Oh, man. That is dangerous. Mm-hmm. You could drink 12 of these and not know you did it. Oh, man. Strict two drink limit. So very lemony, but not. it's not super sour like last drink's drink was with just that. Remember, we had like a half an ounce. Yeah. And it overpowered it. This isn't overpowering. Maybe the orange juice mellows it out a little bit. Yeah. But there's almost like a carbonated kind of yeah, t- thing going on here. Is that the gin, maybe? Maybe it is the no, gin. No, well, we put sherry in there, too. Well, that's just a dry wine, yeah, though. Yeah, that's true. I'll bet it's the gin, because gin has that kind of yeah. piney, prickly kind of taste sometimes. It does. This is uh, hmm. this is interesting. Better than a Long Island iced tea. I'll oh, put de- it that way. Definitely. I, you know what? I, I guess I, I don't usually say this. I wish this had just a little bit of sweet. Yeah. There's maybe a, some simple syrup or something? Yeah, maybe. Huh. I forget what orgeat tastes like on its own. Well, it's very... It's like almost like a coconutty kind of smell yeah no there know. is some sweetness there but it, it could be a little sweeter just a little bit like i feel like a, a dash of simple syrup i mean it need more it needs a little more bit of simple ingredients syrup. yeah yeah just throw some more ingredients in uh let's let's put it this way is this cutting through the fog i think this might be inducing a fog because <laughs> it's dangerous yeah i mean i can't hardly taste any alcohol i mean i get the sherry more than anything yeah that dry bite a little bit huh uh, i or, like it or ghee is <laughs> is it the, made from almonds yeah there's a big almond on the the bottle that's why yeah I, the, <laughs> it, it, I mean but the first ingredient in our or ghee is sugar okay so there's your simple syrup yeah so so maybe canceled out by the the lemon maybe the putting citrus. a little bit more or ghee in there might be okay i'm gonna try it I'm try gonna, it i'm just gonna what's the worst dash. that could happen yeah i mean i like it more <laughs> Just a little dash in there. I'm gonna, yeah, a little, just a little, just more, a little sweet. more sweet. That's good. That actually, I like that. Yeah, on a really that, hot that, day, that would that hit is the spot. a hot day kind of drink. Um, so maybe not appropriate. We're running out for, of those for back to school. <laughs> no, the first month was always hot. Remember, we didn't have air conditioning. Oh yeah, that's right. Gosh, <laughs> like uh, you, 
every I mean, if you didn't have air conditioning in your school, you remember that feeling of oh, yeah. peeling your legs off the seats. Oh. Like, yeah. Oh, my. You didn't want to wear light colored pants. And when first. you sit in the <laughs> chair in your next class and it's wet. Oh, oh gosh. Yeah. Or you had gym first period. Oh, man. And nobody showered. Oh, nobody showered. Because it was a big open. Yeah, we just talked about we that did. today. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, well, back, anyway. Back to school. Okay. Yeah. Well, you know what? Back to finance. All right. Let's talk about tax stuff. Yeah. Taxes. As interesting as first period <laughs> geometry. <laughs> oh, no. This is way more interesting. Oh, uh, I, I agree. I agree. So Actually. we're we're gonna talk we're gonna go into some detail today on capital gains and ordinary income, uh, what that means for for you out there. This is confusing um, for folks. It's very confusing, and I you know when in doubt I always go back and check. And then we're gonna actually take a, a little bit deeper of a dive, and we're gonna Ooh. look when we're gonna dive into the brackets and all that kind of fun oh my stuff. gosh. We're gonna talk about what it means for an individual taxpayer, whether they're single or married, filing jointly, uh, and we're gonna even delve into trust and estate waters oh my because it's important and darn it it's practical for you listening to this and show on it people like and me. doggone <laughs> it i'm good enough i'm smart enough Stuart smalley right that's right is that his name uh, yeah something like that and gosh darn it people like me <laughs> i said doggone it's okay but this is insanely practical for the average listener i would say because trusts as we've talked about before are not all that uncommon yeah. And this is one of those issues where we might take a look and say, is a trust really necessary? Well, let's look at the taxation. Yeah. On and trust. usually ends up coming up when it's like, why did I pay so much yeah. in taxes? Dang it. Yeah, exactly. So let's let's start defining uh, what we're talking about here today. Ordinary income, Jason. So yeah. kind of like it sounds, everyday income, right? So let's talk about what falls into this category. This would be wages. So your salary, uh, tips, yep. uh, interest on bank accounts. Yeah. If yeah, that's a you got to claim that 0. 0.06 cents. Right. As long as it's over $10. Point depressing. So interest, dividends, unless unless they're qualified dividends. I'm going to yeah. qualify that yeah. with a qualification. Unless yes. they're qualified dividends. That's not the scope of this episode. No, it's we can not. get into that another time. But, but dividends count. Dividends. And then again, practically speaking, IRA distributions. Yeah. Right? You're yeah. retired. You're going to start living off yep. of your nest egg. Yep. Uh, that's ordinary income. Short-term capital gains. If If I'm going to add some fog to the mix here that we can cut into later. Short-term capital gains are taxed as ordinary income. Yeah. We'll get into that a little bit more when we talk about what capital gains are. Oh gosh. Uh, and then, nerd. you know, another one <laughs> would be, uh, I didn't, I didn't write this down, but think of annuity withdrawals. Yeah. Yep. Interest on annuities. Yep. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So, Lots of things fall Lots. under this ordinary well, income you, you umbrella. Know, whether you have a retirement annuity or a like a retirement qualified annuity or a non-qualified mm -hmm. annuity, it does it makes a difference. So yeah. if something's coming out of an annuity money, one way yeah. or the other, yeah, there's some taxes happening. Bingo. And it's gonna be ordinary income, which is also not the scope of this episode, but why deferred annuities can be so dangerous. Tax time bombs. Yep. Yes. All right. So uh, I think you got an idea there of ordinary income. Basically, if you worked for it, it's ordinary income. And then it, dividends, interest, uh, that kind of stuff. Yeah. And and again, IRA distributions. Well, you worked for it at some point. You just haven't paid taxes yet. When it comes out, it's taxed as if you earned yeah, it. Yeah. Uncle year. Sam's going to be standing there with his hand out. Yep. You know. Let's talk about the brackets a little bit. Oh my 
Gosh. So ordinary income brackets, you're just, Jason. You're, you're torched. They're, you're creating <laughs> fog, I think. So the, tw- this is 2022. Okay. Uh, these numbers change a little bit every this year. This is important. To, I mean, just look at these charts. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and you know what? If you're a client or you are a listener and you want these handy dandy charts, let us know. Blue Jay prints one up every year yeah. that has all these important tax numbers that are darn handy. Really good cheat sheet because we don't have the tax code memorized Great bathroom here, by the way. Great yeah, absolutely. Reading. Yeah. So yeah, this episode is brought to you by Blue Jay Tax Charts. <laughs> That's bluejaytax.charts.com. <laughs> that Don't go there. <laughs> right, and maybe it does. So let's talk uh, about in, uh, our ordinary income tax brackets. If you're single, zero to ten thousand two hundred seventy-five dollars is taxed at the ten percent rate. Married filing jointly, zero to twenty thousand five hundred fifty. Now I'm not going to go through all of the brackets, right? But yeah. for reference, we go, uh, we jump up into the twelve percent bracket for a single individual, ten thousand two seventy five to forty one thousand seven seventy five. Married filing jointly from twenty thousand five fifty to eighty three five fifty. The next jump, and this is where this gets really insanely practical, I think, is the twenty two percent tax bracket. So at a single level, forty one thousand seven seventy five to eighty nine oh seventy five for married filing jointly. 83,550 to 178,150. Pretty big range there. Yeah. And then the next step up only goes up to 24%. So the focus, I think, when we look at capital gains, ordinary, ordinary income, income. We're, we're honing in on these brackets here. The, the jump from the, the not necessarily the 10 to 12% bracket, right? But the 12 to 22% bracket. That's a, That's a pretty big hit. Yeah. Okay. So if you're in that range solidly and you, let's say you take money out of a deferred annuity, you could pretty quickly pump yourself up into the next bracket and now you're paying 10% more on all your withdrawals and every other bit of ordinary income that comes in beyond that. That's right. right. I think the moral of the story here is you just need to understand your income. Like if you're doing something from a financial perspective, don't wait until tax time to figure it out. Stop and take a minute and be like, Hey, okay, how is this going to impact my income number? Is it going to be, you know, capital gains or income? And you know, that's why people that are nerds like Caleb who are EAs exist they're there to help you through this. Yeah. So this is pretty alarming when you jump over to the trust and estate tax brackets. Yeah. Yeah. So that 10% range is zero to 2,750. That's not a lot Dollars. of income. Dollars. Dollars. Right. Yes. <laughs> then we jump to 24%, Jason, right. at 2,751 up to 9,850. Which is not even that big of a range. No. And then we jump all the way up to 35% at 9,851. To thirteen thousand four fifty, also not a big range. No, and beyond thirteen four fifty, thirty seven percent. You know what I have found? I have found every client who has a trust just loves giving one third of it. Well, <laughs> to the government to compare, Jason to <laughs> right. compare to hit thirty seven percent on the individual side. That's a couple with over six hundred forty seven thousand dollars. So you're talking like they're exceptional. Income yeah. levels at that point versus thirteen thousand dollars income for a trust. Correct. Right? So now in a trust, like a trust doesn't go out and have a job, and they don't. But earn. they can generate income. Okay. So how is that done? Like they're they're generating dividends, right? Yeah. Mostly. I mean, that's maybe it's passive income of some sort, which is a whole nother topic. But they can also generate income in the form of like rental properties, sure, things like that. Right. Uh, it, so it doesn't take a lot to get pushed into that highest bracket. That's okay? correct. So we're setting the stage here. All right. Yes. So if you're Ooh. listening, chew on this for a little bit. Okay. We're going to move on to capital gains now Got and it. talk a little bit about what capital gains are, Jason. So 
I have kind of just written down here. It's gains on investments, right? You buy a mutual fund for $10,000. You sell it a few years later for $15,000. Your capital gain is 5,000, right? right? Because the money that went in was already taxed. So we're, we're just, we're talking about, that's not ordinary income. Right. That's a capital gain. To make it a capital gain, it's got to be held for a year or more, right? Correct. Yep. This is where I'm going to go back and say short-term capital gains are taxed as ordinary income. So let's say you decided same that the market, fund. yeah, same mutual fund, you thought the market had hit the bottom back in June and mm-hmm. you've run up another 17% and you go, yep. you know what? Let's cash out on this. You're going to pay basically ordinary income on that because and you didn't hold it long term. It's going to impact your regular income. Your regular tax income. Gets you got added it to the bucket. Every bit of wages, tips, interest, dividends. Annuity distributions, right? Every bit of it beyond that point, it's going to affect. So uh, the way that I would phrase that is, good job, man. You did a great job and you're evil and you should be punished. (laughs) Again, not the scope of this episode. Oh, that's okay. Sorry. (laughs) So gains on- Just try to keep it light. (laughs) Gains on investments, real property. So like rental properties and things like that. Now, again, not I keep saying this, not the scope of this episode, a personal residence- there, yes. There's some ways to, yeah. to get out of this. We don't need to get in that. But business assets or even a business, sure. right? Somebody sells their small business. There's a cost basis. Correct. Right. And then there's a capital gain. Correct. All right. So we talked about short-term versus long-term a little bit. And the big thing we're looking at is cost basis. That's where we're, what you started that investment with, when you sold, how much you made, that's going to determine you know, what your capital gain is and how you're taxed. Right. Let's talk about tax brackets for capital gains. Ooh. Okay. So let's see here. Let me make sure I've got my right. All right. Long-term, let's, (laughs) yes, long-term capital gains for 2022. All right, here are the brackets. Okay. So for a single person, up to $41,675 of of income, of capital capital gain, right? Is this a capital? Oh, of other other income. I got it. Right. This is where you're going to fall in that. Zero, zero Zero percent. Zero. Right? So for a married couple, darn near $84,000. Yeah. So, so a lot from a tax times, planning standpoint, by the way, capital gains smart can be really advantageous right. for settling on your capital gains, right? Yeah. Uh, so I think that people get really upset, you know, when they start looking at capital gains, especially in like their investment accounts. And mm-hmm. I would say that there's many times after they look at their, you know, adjusted gross income, right? That they don't owe it. Yeah, you might be worried about making a shift in the portfolio or taking money out for a furnace or whatever. And we get to look at the taxes and we say, hey, here's the deal. You've got you know $20,000 in capital gains here to settle up on, but because of where your income lands, you're in the 0% capital gains tax, tax bracket, right? Yep. Beats the heck out of, am I in the 12 or the 22 or 24% bracket? Exactly. Right? And so like when this is one of the reasons we advocate so strongly for our clients to bring us their taxes. Yeah. One of the many reasons. Yeah. And and because all we don't know what we can't see. Right. So, uh, you know, tax planning is super, super important, obviously, when we're we're in distribution phase. But even like these one offs, like, oh, something came up and I had a big event where I had to fork over $50,000. Where do I pull from? Right? right. Exactly. So capital gains are treated very favorably as of now under the tax code. Jumping back into these uh, brackets for a single individual from forty one thousand six seventy five all the way up to four hundred fifty nine thousand seven hundred fifty dollars, fifteen percent. Okay, so again, in comparison to yeah. ordinary income brackets, right? We're pushing the highest bracket there. Where yep. we are in the highest bracket for an individual there. For a married couple, it's uh, eighty three thousand three fifty up to five hundred seventeen thousand two hundred. 
at, at 15%, right? You want to you settle up on capital gains versus ordinary income, definitely. And then above those numbers, so for an individual over 459,750, it's 20%. Right. Up into a, a infinity. <laughs> and for a married couple over 517, 200, again, up into infinity, 20%. So as of now, 20% is the worst case scenario. Yeah. Now, and I mean, again, like I think that a lot of folks might be more familiar with like the Warren Buffett example that always gets thrown out there that Warren Buffett has a higher or lower tax bracket than a secretary. <laughs> you know, like that's one, I think that's one that's, yeah. especially during periods where the market's not that great. Mm-hmm. And it actually might be true, but Warren Buffett's income, he pays way, way, way more in taxes. Okay. And, but most of his earnings are from capital gains. He's investing in companies, he's selling, he's making a profit, and he pays those brackets versus the income tax brackets that go all the way up to 39%, right? Mm-hmm. And his secretary earns a wage. At least I bet she doesn't. I'm going to bet you. But I bet she she has a, a tax bracket that might be 22 24%. And as a result, she's paying more in tax bracket as a percentage. Yep. Her, but that doesn't mean her income it's nowhere near what Warren Buffett says on an annual basis. So I think it's important to, you know, kind of look at some of that rhetoric and make sure, you know, you understand how they're spinning the story when it comes to what people are paying capital gains versus ordinary income. Yeah. So in most cases, unless you're making really piddly amounts of money, capital gains is a much more favorable way to be taxed, which also flips us back over to the trust side of things. It's much more favorable for a trust to be taxed on capital gains than ordinary income. That is also true. Yes. So yes. Where does all of this stuff fit in, Jason? And and I where we don't try to be um I, I don't want to say we don't try to be tax gurus, because we kind of are. <laughs> and we definitely give tax advice. But we're looking at ways to employ these strategies when it comes to everyday things for our clients. How sure. can we make how can we improve your your situation from a tax standpoint? Well, there's some strategies we can employ, right? So right. when does this practically come up? Well it might influence your decision on whether a trust makes sense or not. Definitely. Especially so, just arbitrarily throwing it, throwing your assets in there and thinking yeah, that you're getting because some kind an attorney of, told you so. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You went and got a free dinner at the Holiday Inn <laughs> Express and you think that it's a good idea. And well, and, and we did this. We did a, a you don't need a trust. Episode right. Uh, yeah, way back. Yeah. And uh, but yeah, a lot of times it's a well, I, I want basically to know who my assets go to when I die. Well, you can do that with simple beneficiary instructions in most cases. Now, we had a case last week where we had a, a referral from a, a local attorney here where a trust definitely was in order. Probably the only way of getting it done. Absolutely the only way of getting it done. And, you know, in, in this application, I guess we're looking at growth long term to later pay out a beneficiary. Right. So in the meantime, we don't want a bunch of dividends. We don't want a bunch of ordinary income. Right. You know, we want capital gains. So that changes the way that we invest things for sure. We're Absolutely. not looking for income producing assets. We're looking for growth oriented assets. Yeah. So. so like the practicality of that is, you know, make sure your advisor is, you know, focused on this. Absolutely. Okay. It may or may not impact you. Okay. So I think a good solid tax strategy is important for every, every person that's yep. out there making decisions on you know how to invest and what their advisor is doing is well, really important. If your advisor and your tax person can talk even better and they're on the same page, no surprises at tax time, which is what we want. So thinking of strategies that we can employ here, I think the most practical thing, Jason, 
you know, we kind of touched on whether trust makes sense or not. That's one area. Yeah. But just really basically on an everyday basis, structuring withdrawals in retirement, right? Yeah. We've got clients who have a lot of IRA money, right? Mm -hmm. Everything that comes out of that's going to be taxed as ordinary income, but maybe they've got substantial assets and non-qualified accounts too, and uh, they need more income or furnace goes out, roof needs repaired, whatever. Where are we pulling money from? Well, okay, here's an opportunity where if we've been rebalancing along the way and settling yep. up on capital gains and things of that nature, we may be able to sell assets and and even take a, a tax loss, loss technically on a mm-hmm. non-qualified account. Right. Or if we're looking at, you know, we're in a high income tax bracket, do we want to take our capital gains versus pulling more from the IRA? Those types of things. So really how we structure everyday income for our clients and I say especially those those one-off situations, which are never one-off. They happen right. more often, than, right? <laughs> like, oh, I know I'm calling because I need money again, and here's what happened. A lot of times the answer is, yeah, I can get that money out to you right away, but give me a couple of days to digest this and run through your tax situation, and let's take a look at where we want to pull from to see where, where's, where is the most beneficial. And there are some years where taking it from the IRA actually makes more sense. Yeah, and so you know, for me, I think having options for a client you know, to go through and have a bucketed approach where there's Mm -hmm. money that's, you know, tax qualified after tax. It's important to be able to pick from, you know, not just one bucket. It's not just an IRA or it's not just a Roth. It gives us the ability, especially during, you know, the structured income scenario, retirement or encore career, you know, to be able to, to, to design it from a tax perspective. I mean, it's just, it's just so important. Yeah. And you just you hit the nail on the head with all that nerdy stuff you were saying earlier with the brackets. We're talking tens of thousands of dollar right. impact. I mean, it's this isn't this isn't small numbers. And again, a good solid strategy will help us get through that, navigate. And we won't always be right, you know, exactly right because a lot of times this is happening. Yeah, you, and you got to be careful not to just be focused uh, hindsight, looking back at what happened the year before because this year is different. It's always different. Yeah. Last year was a great a great year in the market. We yep. had cap gains. This year, it's going to be the this, opposite. This year, probably. we're looking at taking some losses, losses. To, to actually offset some of the other gains that we might have. That's so right. That's that's the next strategy too, really. Offsetting gains and losses. That's something that your advisor and your tax person hopefully are looking at every year. Absolutely. Um, that That's part of just good old-fashioned financial planning that, in my opinion, most advisors look past this or they right. say, Hey, I'm not qualified to give that kind of advice. And, so I'm not going to. And really in that, in their defense a little bit, I mean, they just may not even have the tools that allow them to see it. Yeah. And exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's one of those things that if you're, if you're dabbling in this, in this realm, you know, you just, you just need to awareness. Let's yeah. just put it that way. So the last thing that I'll, I'll kind of comment on is not just income that you're going to take over your lifetime, but think about passing assets on. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Jason, from an inheriting assets point of view, if you think about it this way, you know, if, if you're invested in things like stocks and mutual funds mm-hmm. that create long term capital gains, there still is a stepped up cost basis at death for non qualified assets, is. right? And yes. that's huge. I would rather inherit something with a stepped up cost basis than get a big fat traditional IRA which is all going to be taxed at ordinary that's income, right? right? Yep. Or a big fat deferred annuity that's got a bunch of ordinary income that's built gonna up That's going to impact your whole income tax Every situation. dollar that you earn yeah. above and beyond. Exactly. Right. Exactly. So, the best, know, the, I mean, my preference is I want to inherit an IRA, a Roth IRA. A Roth IRA, sure. Okay. So, you know, it's tax-free. It's been growing tax-free. Yep. You can stay in there 10 years. Like there's, there's lots of benefits to having that money pass through. And, and that's why we're such huge advocates for, you know, looking at Roth conversions, things like that. Mm-hmm. And to, 
depending on your your brackets, it may make a ton of sense. So, well, Jason, this was a taxing episode. Ah, uh, but don't think <laughs> so bad. I hope they cut that. It was. Uh, hopefully, you're not foggy. I actually had a lot of fun. I know. <laughs> Here we go. I, I had we're fun. Nerds. In this we're one. nerds. We, I mean, <laughs> I think if honestly, let's just get down. The brass tax of this is, it's got you got to look at this. Yeah. And the more eyes, the better. Right. Have it's, your, your uh, you financial advisor, your tax guy or gal, your whoever inqui- on your the same inquisitiveness, page. you know. Right, right. Oh. Do your research before taking withdrawals. For That's sure. right. Exactly. All right. Well, thanks for having a drink with us this week, folks. It's time to close out the tab. If you have a question or a topic you want to address on the Old Fashioned Finance Podcast, be sure to email us at podcast at bluejfg.com. We'd love to hear from you. Don't forget to share the show with someone you love or just someone who needs a little money muddling themselves. You can stay up to date with the latest action by following us on Facebook. Old Fashioned Finance is brought to you by Blue Jay Financial Group. That's bluejfg.com and produced by Pottery Studios. We've been your hosts, Caleb and Jason. Cheers. Blue Jay Financial Group, LLC. Blue Jay is a registered investment advisor registered with the state of Ohio. Registration does not imply a certain level of skill or training. The presence of this advertisement on this podcast shall not be directly or indirectly interpreted as a solicitation of investment advisory services to persons of another jurisdiction unless otherwise permitted by statute. Follow-up or individualized responses to a consumer in a particular state by Blue Jay and the rendering of personalized investment advice for compensation shall not be made without first complying with jurisdiction requirements or pursuant an applicable state exemption. All verbal and written consent on this presentation is for information purposes only. Opinions expressed herein are solely those of Blue Jay unless other otherwise specifically cited. Material presented is believed to be from reliable sources, and no representations are made by our firm as to other parties' informational accuracy or completeness. All information or ideas provided should be discussed in detail with an advisor, accountant, or legal counsel prior to implementation. Yeah, I'm actually having bourbon withdrawal after this one. I'm not going to lie. So, <laughs> Well, we can fix that. Yeah.